If you could have anyone over for dinner, dead or alive, who would it be? It would be my grandpa who passed away when I was 17. (laughs) That's really sweet and sincere. (laughs) Welcome to Christ in the Chaos, where a pastor's kid and a kids ministry director talk about raising a Christ-centered family. We're not sure we know what we're doing, but we are right in the thick of it. And this is how we're finding Christ in the Chaos. Hello, and welcome back to Christ in the Chaos. I'm Kathleen here with my... No, you have to wait for me to say, here with my husband, da 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 And I'm Joel. No, you're just supposed to say Joel at that point. Oh. Da-da-da-da. Joel at that point. <laughs> yeah, that joke. I'm a dad. I make dad jokes. Oh, my goodness. It's how we roll. Uh, hey, welcome back. Nice song. Um, yeah, welcome back. It's let's, time. Let's do our family let's check-in. Let's check in. Yeah. The first Ooh, thing. Hold so on. You know what? Hold on. Let's do it again. Ready? One, two, three. Check. <laughs> so i was thinking about the check-in and i was thinking we check in with each other and our listeners but i think use this as an opportunity or at least a reminder check in with yours too like if you're listening to this stop pause it check in see how they're doing how are you doing oh that was to me that was a very joey Tribbiani. how how are you doing how are you doing? um i am t- i'm so tired <laughs> Our kids finally have like succumbed to illness for the first time all winter, which is great. It's been like it's been a great ride um where they haven't been sick, but now they both have colds. One of them has like not a lot of like physical symptoms, but he just is like permanently miserable and making us all miserable. And then the older one is has asthma and this cold you has taught them to share. He's sharing his misery. This is your fault. I anyway, like we're just Everybody's fine except for nobody's really sleeping and we're all exhausted. And the little ones had two extended tantrums today that just zapped me of all physical energy. And I've just been kind of like dragging my feet around the house for the last hour or so. Yeah, you know what helps with that. So it's been great. Yeah, let's do a podcast. No, it's going to be great. I promised Joel he wanted to wait to record because I was in such a dreary mood, but I promised I was going to be the usual ray of sunshine that I always am. So how are you, Joel? I'm also exhausted. <laughs> uh, I've been interviewing witnesses all week, which takes it right out of you. And then I've been sharing my bed with two with, beautiful boys yes. who kick like horses. And that's part of the problem is since we just moved Levi out of his crib into the to- into the toddler bed. Now they can both come into our room. And so for the first time in our entire lives, they are both in our bed for these nights when they're sick after like, they came in at like four and five respectively tonight, last night, that other thing that happened. And, um, and nobody basically slept once the little one came in at four. So yeah, they both fell asleep <laughs> at seven tonight on the way home from the store. Thank God. They'll, yeah. probably, they'll probably wake up at like nine 30 and have to be rocked back asleep and i'm going to be the one that's doing it so i'm really looking forward to that um should be fun so speaking of opening up parts of your house to people who okay now i'm not sure if i can make segue oh i know this transition um today's topic is we're gonna like really nerdily call it hospitality um because that's like the church word for it um but really it's all about inviting people into your homes I wanted to start by asking, and it'll be very interesting to see what your response is to this, because I will, of course, fix your answer once you're done. But how would you describe our home in terms of 
size, level of cleanliness, the seating that we have available. Let me know what you're thinking. Let's say medium and fine and fine. <laughs> medium size, medium, uh, fine cleanliness, fine seating. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, we're medium size. It's kind of about the size of the house I grew up in. Yeah. Short one bedroom. But other than that, everything else is pretty much the same size. Oh, wait, no. Yeah. It oh, was you a, guys did have a four bedroom. Oh, and you had a one really, well, we have one really big, a couple of big bedrooms too, so. Anyways. And <laughs> right, we have like disproportionate bedroom space in our house. So it's a, it's a medium sized ranch style house. It's like it's got fine amount of seating. It's not really have a lot of seating. If we have a lot of like if we have a party, we don't have enough seating. Yeah, there's not enough space. But if we have me out. just a couple people over, there's plenty. Yeah, we had uh, another family over to watch the Super Bowl, and like basically that's one- probably a better segue. Hey, so we're all recovering from our Super Bowl parties where we invited people over to our houses. Let's <gasps> yes, talk about inviting people. That's over to our house. why we thought about this. Actually, that is why we thought about this. Um, I would I would say our house is. Big enough to have a family over, but not really big enough to have a party, though that has not stopped us. Yeah, um, we had like 40 people here the other day. In December? Yeah. Okay. That, I'm just wondering. It's the February. other day in December. Okay. Um, it is clean enough most of the time. I did finally hire a once a month housekeeper because we are not good at any of the like real cleaning things. We like maintain, but we don't like clean, clean. And so thank God for Hope, who clean cleans. And... um. And then I, the one of the things that stresses me out is the lack of like comfortable seating. So if we have a big group of people, it's literally all of our seating is comfortable. No, I know it's just a matter of it not being enough for big. I would like to entertain more than we do in that sense, and I just that's one of the reasons that I I limit inviting people over to our house. I guess. Oh, the seating in our house is fine. Yeah, I guess that's true. But I guess the the first question we want to start with is it since it's something that stresses me out. What benefit to our family, or how does it keep? Christ in the center of our family um, to invite people into our house? Like, why do we even care about hospitality or inviting people in? Well, I think the first thing is it literally keeps you alive. A professor at Brigham Young University has done some studies and he's found out that, right, the lonelier you are, you have higher blood pressure, you're more susceptible to cardiovascular disease, you die younger. Uh, there's just like this whole list of like reduced immunity. You get more inflation from injuries. Inflation? In inflammation. inflammation. There we go. There we go. I can speak. Uh, you have worse sleep. People without a close social circle, people who don't have friends, who don't have bring people in and interact with people a lot, literally die. It's almost as if God is telling us, you know, go be with each other and forgive each other and be nice to each other because otherwise you will die. Piggybacking right off that, like we start with kind of Jesus's biggest commandment, right? To love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and all your mind. And this is my, the great and first commandment. And the second is you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments depend all of the law and the, of the prophets. And that's Matthew 22, 37, 8, no, 37 through 40. And that's kind of like, to me, that's the verse that just wins on every level. And when it says to love your neighbor, that that means like having them in your house. And how do we know that? Because that's how Jesus loved people. He ate with them. He sat with them um, around tables. He went into people's houses. He went to a lot of dinners. Yeah. 
that's like there's like a million dinners in the Bible. Like, what you, I mean, dude had to eat to be the fair. The Pharisees keep showing up to dinner and being like, "You're at the wrong party." Yes. Um, so, All the time. so we're called to love our neighbors, um, but there's other like reasons biblically to want to invite people into your house. Um, one of the benefits and a lot of the scripture comes from um, the letters to the early church, um, including this one, which is from Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. Um, and it's about coming together for the purposes of encouragement. And to let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And um, the idea that just I think just by being in the same space as someone else and um, telling someone that they're important enough to bring into your home is an encouragement. But then there's also um, every time we have, especially like our our fellow um Christians or our, especially our, our fellow church goers or our um, church friends over, we always end up talking about uh, the cause for Christ and we encourage each other in that way. And sometimes we make a lot of fun of stuff, but the, the bottom line is when we come out of it, we have a better idea of where we're going than we did when we came into those, um, those dinners and those times together. Yeah. And I mean, life's burdens are easier to lift, right? Like any burden, it's easier to lift with more people. Yeah. The, the second reason that you want to invite people into your home, that you want to eat with people and be around people is that there is literally power in it. Like not like, Oh, the abstract idea of power, but the Holy spirit. Um, and for that, we look to Matthew 18 for wherever two or three are gathered in my name there. I am among them. And that's basically the idea that like where two people are gathered in the name of Jesus, he's there. The Holy spirit is there. God is there working. Um, and that there's power when we come together and, um, yeah, literal God is literally there when we're together. And so it's, there are good reasons. There are biblical reasons and just following the example of Jesus is a good reason to, um, make the effort to invite people into our home. But, um, and it is an effort. I mean, we're not going to pretend like it's not (laughs) work to bring people over, to be around people. Uh, we tend to be extroverted but i think mm, kind of the myth of not. the extrovert is that oh they don't get they get energized by being around people like no get i get tired being if around that people. is takes the a definition of, of an extrovert i am not an extrovert um when when we have parties at our house or when i go to parties i it, it's not that i'm miserable i always actually describe it as like oh i hate going to parties or oh i'm miserable that's not it at all i have fun when i'm there but when i come home i feel like every piece of me has been sucked out through my brain. Like I just, it is the most draining thing to have yeah. people over. It's a lot of work to socialize. But there, but there are some exceptions. And that kind of takes us to our next point. And that is like, who, who do we invite into our house? And um, who should we be? Um, it starts with who we do invite to our house. And those are the people for me, the people that we invite over are the people that don't, Um, I don't get drained when they're there and it doesn't have to do with like the personality of the person has to do with my level of comfort with the person. Literal family, your sister, my brother, those kind of people. Literal family. And then our, like our, we have a fake, I don't know how to describe her. We have a friend. An adopted friend from church. Yeah. She literally. Adopted family. Church family. Yeah. Her and her mom are literally 
like it's it's an unusual situation for me it's never been that way i've never had people that have just kind of become family by accident Um, welcome to the church yeah but that is something that you experienced a lot as a kid yeah we had church family who was as much our family as our biological family people who came over every holiday my brother had his church grandma who happened to share a name with our biological grandma and so when he was little he heard her name and was like oh that's grandma okay and he said hi grandma and she just Went rolled with it, with it. yeah <laughs> and was his i mean you know growing up was his grandma as much as she was her biological grandchildren's grandma the church family is a family and part of why we go to church right going back on why should we community with people right is not just in our homes but in church part of the reason people are, i can worship anywhere yeah but you can't be in community with God's people anywhere. And so part of the reason we go to church is to pick up people like our friend who we won't say her real name or we'll call her. Her name is Alex. Alex. Everybody knows Alex. That's not her real name. But... She will not. <laughs> she's she's going to like the shout out, so it's not a problem. She doesn't listen to this. Yeah. So like Alex, like her mom who. Well, she's literally like another grandma to our kids. Yeah. But the problem is we're not only called to invite in the people and to have these kinds of relationships and um, hospitality kind of interactions with people that we're super comfortable with. Is that a problem? Yeah. Well, because (laughs) Jesus models that we're supposed to kind of, I mean, we are supposed to get out of our comfort zone um, or at least, you know, anything that, that could tarnish our reputation or just make us feel like... Like we're interacting with people that that people don't expect us to interact with. Um, if you look at Zacchaeus or Matthew, both like tax collectors who everyone hated um, and his interactions with them and um, the sinful woman who uh, does the whole hair on Jesus's feet thing, which is just a weird story. The Bible the lady but, washed his feet. Yeah, no, it, yeah. it's a, it. But the, there's all these people like the, a lot of these stories of Jesus eating are with people who um people didn't expect him and to eat with and people who got him in some trouble um and it's not that i'm like want to get in trouble but i think that i'm called more than more to just like have alex over um and yeah we should uh in our family we always called them strays um and my parents were very good at inviting the strays over for holidays we had i don't think there was an easter or a christmas dinner or thanksgiving dinner for years where we, we didn't have somebody new who just had nowhere else to go. Yeah, that is so true because that was like my first experience with the demands. I went, my first big experience with the family was Thanksgiving dinner. And <laughs> there were like, well, it's like the first time I met your sister was Thanksgiving. I come into this huge table and I'm like, there are not that many people in this family that will fill this huge table. And what I come to realize is that like the family eats and then there's, I would say on average, I think I did like, two easters and maybe two thanksgivings and a christmas there something like that or something like big like meals like that and they're always an average of about i would say 3.7 extra people that are just like church members Who's the 0.7 you know, <laughs> lucille is very small fair enough um but like extra church members that didn't necessarily have a place to go and they were just at your house and to me that was so radical because in my family holidays were sacred family time and um i think the kind of tail end of this story is that we talk about alex and uh cassette 
um, who is Alex's mom, like they've always been a part of the fabric of our family. But the reality is um, they were to us, not in like their lives, but to us, they were strays that we like kind of randomly can you we might have been the strays no yes you're right we were sort of the strays except for that um we were the ones because you're so aggressive to me it would have been so weird to keep asking we asked alex to come eat with us probably like i mean we you like every sunday you like harassed her like let's go to dinner let's go to lunch let's do this let's do that and to me i was like oh you're being so weird right now joel like stop being weird but you being weird and you making us uncomfortable started one of the like greatest friendships of our lives and one of the greatest familial relationships I think we'll ever have. And yeah. it's like a perfect example of yeah. of what that that going outside your comfort zone to invite people in can be. Um, yeah, when somebody needs a place to go at the at the time, she makes it sound way weirder than it was. It was weird. at the time. Alex had recently graduated from college. She yes. didn't have a job. You had, and so going out to lunch after church was. A big deal for someone who's Yeah, you were being compassionate. And what you're saying makes it logical that we invited her, but it's still, it was weird. It was so, you're a weirdo, but in such a beautiful, good way. We know why, and we know who, when. When being under what circumstances. Um, And for me, I have like a lot of hangups about, I don't really need the house to be presented to people in a way that it is perfect. Um, but I have hangouts about the house not being clean enough because I just don't really know what that entails. And so if even just the smallest comment about the cleanliness of the house, like just absolutely destroys me. And then I also am not uh, a very experienced cook and, um, being somebody who is sort of obsessed with food myself, when I go to somebody else's house and I'm not fed. It like really stresses me out. And I, I project that on every other person that comes to my house. So I totally overdo food um, unless I'm really conscious of it because I'm just worried people are going to come to my house and be like, Kathleen's food was gross and she didn't have enough of it. And, and there wasn't enough seating. And, the, and there wasn't enough seating. Another thing that does stress me out. And um, the, in that way, inviting people into your home and going into other people's home is, um, is just kind of like the gospel being played out through grace. Um, when I invite someone into my home, um, I am just exercising, accepting grace. You know, in order to feel God's grace in our hearts, you have to like let it in. You have to actually let it penetrate and let yourself feel it and let yourself know and understand something that doesn't make any sense. And when you invite someone into your house, and you have all this anxiety about what they're going to think of it and what it's what they're how comfortable well, they probably are. Probably more realistic for other people. Yeah. How comfortable they are, how comfortable you are, you know, when are they going to leave? When are they going to show up? Yeah. Those kind of things. Like we all when we when we share space, we have to forgive each other and we have to first accept that forgiveness when we don't read us reach the standard of perfection that we set for ourselves. And to me, that's just like a, a, a practice of of uh, exercising grace when you come into somebody else's home and accepting grace when they come into yours. Um, we know that grace is a gift from God. It's that uh, Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. And um, even though I can read the words that it's a gift, um, freely given, it's hard to accept it. 
And um, hospitality and sharing space is one of those times when you're forced to. Um, yeah. And it's a good, it's a muscle that you kind of have to flex, kind of going back to, again, going back to the very beginning of the conversation, it all loops back. It's hard. It's work. But like any exercise, it gets easier. You get better at it. You're not going to become a more outgoing person or more, you know, less introverted or more extroverted or whatever, but you'll be better at it and it'll become easier. And then you'll start to build those relationships that are rewarding, that are hashtag blessing, right? That is hashtag blessed, Joel. Either way, um, that really, that, that fill your life and that actually bring you that happiness and bring you that closeness that can literally save your life. Yeah. I but mean, also it's just fun. We're, de- we're describing it as um, accepting grace, but what we're really describing is intimacy between people, right? When, um, like, <laughs> the way I described, like, oh, well, we can have Alex to our house because um, you can fart in front of Alex. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, you can, laugh at, then you can laugh at that all you want, but that's what it is. It's like you, co- you come into your house, you do something gross, you make a mistake. She notices that Dane peed all over the the toilet seat or whatever and it's all okay because we have intimacy with her and inviting people into your home is all about achieving that intimacy it's all about reaching that level where you can fart in front of people just like jesus said (laughs) and um, and that's that's a gift we can pass on to our children (laughs) um right which is going back to my parents Part of the reason we do this, part of the reason that we work this muscle, even though, you know, it's work to push that rock uphill until you get to the fun downhill part, is it teaches our children this is normal. That it's normal when someone doesn't have somewhere to go on Thanksgiving, you invite them to your house. It's normal to invite someone. You're you're making it almost about like inviting people like strays and, and whatever. But the reality is because of you. Not even just like the boys, but because of you, I have relationships with people that I wouldn't have because I would have never been bold enough or made myself uncomfortable enough to invite them into our home or to go to lunch with them or do the things like that boldness of we are going to become more intimate. We are going to get to know each other better that you have. Um, Obviously, the boys are going to see it, but also it's affected my life. Like I have friends because you're tactless and willing to be uncomfortable and ironically i have friends because you have a lot of tact and are easy to get along with we're a perfect pair (laughs) but yeah and it it teaches our kids that that's having people opening up your house is normal because it's not vulnerable to other people yeah that's true yeah and being vulnerable is okay because you aren't going to be hurt you can't be right what's the worst that can happen they stop being your friend yep that's terrible but That's not where your worth comes from. On that beautiful note, let's get to our next section. So that came Uh, up. So as we said earlier, the boys are sick. Um, Dane more visibly so than Levi. Levi had a couple of croupy cough days, but he's actually been pretty good. Um, But Dane gets cough medicine because he's old enough to get cough medicine and Levi doesn't. Um, First of all, because he doesn't have nearly as bad of a cough as as Dane has, but also because he's doesn't weigh enough and is not old enough to receive it. Um, but Levi does like medicine. In fact, what he really likes is chewable Tylenol. And, the delicious candy kind. And so um, Levi, at the tender age of not yet three, has um, 
fallen into the practice of pretending to be sick in order to receive pain medication, which for any other two-year-old is like maybe like slightly cute, but given his personality, kid is obsessed with sugar, obsessed with the phone. When you don't give him the Tylenol, um, he literally walks up and points to the cabinet that it's in and goes, <coughs> um, he loses his mind. Like, like literally you have to deal with a full blown tantrum, um, that can't be mitigated through other forms of sugar. And, um, it's just a boundary of like, Hey, you can't have drugs. It um, runs in the family. Yeah, it does. We have that issue. And I just did not expect it to raise its head at two years old, but here we go dealing with it already anyway. Well, hopefully God will be there to help us. Hey, we should talk to him about it. Dear Lord, please be with us as we open our house to your children. Help us make your family our family. Give us courage, give us patience, give us energy to bring people into our home, bring people into our lives so we can build that community that will help us when we need it and help us be there for others when they need it. And help us with our kids, both of them, um, with whatever their struggles are in life, whatever their weaknesses, help us be there to, to fill those gaps and strengthen them where they need it. And be there for us and be our strength when we need it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thanks for listening. Please take a second to rate and subscribe to this podcast. It helps others to find us and to be hashtag blessed by the discussions that we have here. If you want to contact us, you can reach us on Instagram at Christ in the Chaos, or you can email us at Christ in the Chaos pod at email.com. Until next week, we hope you have a peaceful week. But even if you don't, remember that you can find us and Jesus waiting for you in the chaos.